Hi, uh, welcome back to the Noted Podcast, uh, where we're taking note of the underrated players of the league uh, and the small market teams of the league. And, you know, maybe dabble a little bit in uh, some of the bigger teams. But, uh, as always, I'm your host, Brian Corzo, along with my co-host, slash analyst, slash Utah Jazz loving fans, uh, Carson Hilton and Riker Gordon. Um, we're super excited to come back to you today now that we've actually had a good sample, well, a decent sample size of the NBA, uh, to kind of get a better idea of where the league is looking at you know, as a whole and some of the people that we'd like to highlight. Um, so today we're going to be talking more about these top teams that could potentially, you know, really take it all the way, as well as uh, our way too early uh, predictions for the awards of the NBA this season, uh, now that there's been at least 10 games for each team that has played. So I kind of want to open it up, first of all, to talking about the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, they have the best record in the league right now. Uh, as of today, uh, they are, uh, is it 8-1? 9-1. 9-1. Uh, so I kind of I want to ask, I want to pose the question, are the Warriors the real deal? Or is it too early? That is a, a good question. Um, I guess I'll start. So, but before I say anything, I want to say, regardless of who you play or what your schedule is, nine nine and one is incredible. Yeah. And the average NBA team with like the same schedule as Golden State would not be able to do that. So, like, props to them. They've been playing great. I don't want to take too much <clears throat> away from them, but I will say they've in their first ten games, seven of them have been at home. And they've played, let's see, I know they've played OKC twice. They've played mm-hmm. Charlotte, New Orleans, Houston, um, and Sacramento. Granted, they did they did play both the LA teams in, uh, and um, Atlanta, which were good wins. But in terms of traveling and strength of opponent, I feel like they've had a relatively easy schedule. But granted, they have beat the teams that have been in front of them which is all they can do. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree that the schedule has been nice, that homestand. I think any team that has playoff potential, they take that. They, they don't lose too many at home. Um, but to go on the more like, wow, this is a great team mode. Uh, they really did get some <clears throat> underrated players. And, it was the one the one player I want to I'm thinking of is one that I've always wanted to see on a good team and that is Nemanja Belica. Mm. He was always on pretty crappy teams but just a solid like net positive for a team and he's a big dude that can get rebounds but also has a nice jumper. And actually if you look at the stats of the team he's second in the player efficiency rating behind Curry obviously. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's a bench player, but, uh, that's what you need to have a good team is players that can come on for your stars and be productive. And that's one of them. Um, also Curry just doesn't seem to have anything stopping he, him in his career. He's relentless. Point, so. yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. And then Gary, Gary, another one, like 
as far as efficiency goes off the bench, like Gary Payton the second has been awesome too. Like mm-hmm. so I I don't know. You have your you have your pieces and then we'll see what happens with Clay Thompson when he comes back if he if they are able to get a full healthy Clay Thompson, but early yeah, and- for me I see I see him going places. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fair. just just as an ad, um Belitsa is actually the third highest in player efficiency. The second is Gary Payton the second. Which, by the way, yeah, right, yeah, you wow. are right, you are correct. Yeah. He is third, you are correct. Um, Gary Payton, which is that guy is I, literally a two way contract player, just by the just to remember. Right. Wow, that's great value, right. that's crazy. Um, I will say, like, I think lots of people like know that if you put Rudy Gobert in a team, like, they become an instant top five defense, and I think it's the same thing with Steph Curry and offense. If you have Steph Curry on your team, you instantly become a top 10 offensive team just because of his gravity and off-ball movement. And I think, like, everyone clearly saw the issue last year in the game against the Grizzlies, that playing game, was they would double Steph, and then Steph would have to distribute, and then the other, like, his teammates would get wide-open shots and they weren't hitting him. And this year, like, like like, like we've talked about, and also, like, uh, Jordan Poole, like people are kind of stepping up, for sure. So, and yeah. I, I think that was kind of like a big um, difference from last season. Now that, I mean, and Clay isn't even back yet. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, or uh, Wiseman. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. I, I am a little skeptical. I'm not ready to say they're for sure like championship level, but I don't want to say that they're not. Right. I think the potential is definitely there. I just need to see a little bit bigger sample size before I put them up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I One thing that I did hear, so I was listening to the, the JJ Reddick podcast um, and what they've, or not, I don't think it was JJ Reddick podcast. It was ESPN, but JJ Reddick was on it because I wanted to see how he was doing since he's now a brand new analyst. Um, I guess replacing Max Kellerman. Don't know what that's about, but yeah. they did say that the Warriors had the sixth, uh, sixth easiest schedule of any of the other teams in the NBA, um, mm-hmm. and they are the only team that has played as many home games as they have. Um, I believe was the statistic. Now, are they undefeated at home? But you know who is <laughs> the Utah Jazz. I, <laughs> yeah, but, it is impressive they have won all their road games so far. And yeah. I, I guess my worry is lots of times teams that do really well in like a homestand, they'll go on a road on a road trip or whatever. And then the shooting is not there because they're tired and they're in different cities every night. Yeah. And I mean, they're it could they could potentially still be great. And that's just how every team is. Typically, you're not as good on the road just because you're not sleeping in your own bed and, you know, against the, the away crowd. So we'll see yeah, how they the do. audiences are back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing, one thing that I thought was quite interesting is that the Warriors have the highest minutes played by bench players of any of the other teams in the NBA. Really? Um, yes. So one wow. thing that I thought was really interesting about that is it seems to me like their bench is like, because I mean everybody's really young, but their bench efficiency. Um, I specifically like. Um, and these are players that will be on the bench eventually, uh, you know, like it's Jordan Poole. Um, he's averaging 18 points a game right now, which is nuts. Um, comparative to like last season where he was kind of floating around 
11 to 12, I believe. Um, Damian Lee. Uh, so I was actually talking to Riker about this yesterday. There was a there was a graphic and a statistic that showed the players that have made the biggest jump in scoring uh, from last season to this season. And Damian Lee is one of those players um, who is pretty much the new Splash Brother, apparently, on the Golden State. Uh, has been ridiculously efficient, um, and he's averaging somewhere along the lines of like 15-ish points, um, which for somebody who wasn't, again, doing maybe like 10 points a game last season, super good. So everybody on their team has improved. And I think if we can see the same thing with Wiseman, which is like obviously the biggest issue we've always seen with Golden State is they have no rim protection, um, and they don't have any like you know, efficiency of finishing at the rim besides Stephen Curry. Um, and then Draymond's not going to really, you know, score that much. That's yeah. like their biggest, their biggest hole. Um, and that's where they've had to have like Kevin Looney, uh, Wiseman before they had uh, Zaza, you know what I mean? They, they had to have some like discount big guy uh, to do something. So if we can see Wiseman really bring it up, maybe we can see some difference in, in defense if they can pick up Ben Simmons uh, to help defensively as well, you know, get rid of Wiseman or some, that's a possibility. Yeah, and, <laughs> and one of the things about the Warriors is they they have had they they are the number one defensive team right now, which is impressive. But I their their defensive rating is so far ahead of everyone else's. They're like a ninety eight right now, and the next closest team is a one hundred one or one hundred two, and that typically just doesn't happen. And yeah, like Draymond Green is a great defensive player, but I don't think, I think that this is one of those cases where they've been really good in a 10 game sample size, but I don't think they'll be the number one defensive team come halfway through the season. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're the, like blowing out teams and then they just put in garbage minutes could also yeah. be a thing. Like, yeah. It yep. can really discourage people from scoring <laughs> and they're playing bad so, teams. So I, I guess my take is like, they're really good and they're, they've definitely impressed me and they're better than I thought they would be. But I don't think there's this, like, number one obvious team in the West. Like, there's still other good teams. I don't think yeah. they're the clear favorites to even make the Western Conference Finals or come out of the West. But they're de for sure, like, a uh, one of the many Sharks in the West that are fighting for and that, that we kinda, final yeah, spot. We kind of touched on it, but any 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 team that has Steph Curry on it, uh is you know True. they they have a real good chance at winning that game so yeah is it consistent True. so far yes um i mean you kind of look at the stats and how they're divvied out and like rebound leaders obviously it's going to be draymond but you'd think like another big guy would be second but it's actually steph so it's like there's a lot of things that are going to change over time and the dy dynamics are going to be different and the schedules are going to kind of equalize like yeah yeah, we'll see what happens, but um, I do think they're probably a top four seed. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. They de they're definitely going to outperform what anybody expected them to do. Um, right. And just in this sample size, I wanna I wanna emphasize something that's really interesting. Uh, they are in the top five of all the teams in the NBA in points per game, rebounds per game. Uh, they're also number one in assists per game. Uh, number three in steals per game, uh, number three in field goal percentage, uh, they're number three in three-pointers made, 
number one in three-point percentage, which they're as a team, they're averaging 38%, which is nuts. Wow, that is... Um, throughout, yeah, it's... And, I mean, is Draymond shooting any? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that would mess him up. But these are all statistics and categories. It's literally two categories or... Yeah, it looks like it's just only two categories where they're not in the top five in the entire NBA. And that's blocks per game and free throw percentage. Hmm. That surprises me. So that's that's something that's really interesting and I think something that's led to their success. It's not just Stephen Curry being amazing, but it's everybody increasing their efficiency in assists, in rebounds, and in points. Yeah, I was gonna say that they've they've won some games where Steph Curry really has not been that great. There was like three like games where he didn't score in the yeah. fourth quarter, right? Or didn't yeah. shoot a three or something like that. Yeah, so. and even like I don't know, last year, like last season, that team it was so clear that if Steph didn't have a good game, they just weren't gonna win. Yeah, and it, yeah. he was just carrying them, like literally carrying them on his back. Yeah. And this year, he's like able to have other teammates pick up the load a little bit yeah. yeah and and especially just to find someone who's like dynamic like uh like pool um yeah i think has been really exciting to see so we'll see what happens when when clay and and uh james come back uh I, I think it's an exciting team but we'll see what happens when they play against more competitive i think one of the games that i'm really looking forward to is miami against uh the Warriors, because I, I could see that yeah. being like those are like the two best teams out of the gate um, right now, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, you could put the Bulls there too, but yeah, Heat have won some gritty games for sure. Um, and I feel I feel like the Heat have a defensive scheme that could give the Warriors some trouble, mm-hmm. and I'm really curious to see how they play around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of some of the things that, uh, I mean, obviously we're talking about some players that are uh, going above and beyond in points and all that stuff. I kind of want to talk about way too early awards, right? Because obviously we've been surprised with a bunch of things. Um, and I think had I made this list uh, before the season started, it definitely looks really different than what I have right now in my list. So we're going to go... Um, through each uh, each person's picks why they made that pick um and just pretty much go through each individual award so uh let's go ahead and start it off with uh what i'm pretty sure is going to be unanimous uh in defensive player of the year uh rudy gobert i mean on one two three rudy gobert rudy gobert um and i kind of want to maybe we'll each touch on like a specific thing one thing that I just want to emphasize to people who might not watch a lot of the jazz, uh, there was a specific comment that Ben made that was just absolutely not true, uh, where Ben said that he could guard any position. Now, let's forget about what happened in the in the playoffs against the, the Clippers, because we obviously just got outplayed 100%. Rudy Gobert... It's not fair to really use that either. Yeah, Rudy Gobert was better at guarding literally every position. Like statistically speaking, mm-hmm. he was better at guarding every single position besides like than Ben Simmons was. Um, point mm-hmm. guard, shooting guard, anything. And yes, he gets cooked by some people, but guess who he gets cooked by? Jokic, who cooks everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. We saw what happened He's with st- Bam. Bam Adebayo could not stop Jokic. Neither could Markeith. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Actually, he did. He got him ejected. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mission accomplished. No, Jokic got himself ejected. It was his. He, he makes the decisions. Um, but that's yeah. one of the things that I wanted to bring up is Rudy Gobert's mm-hmm. ability to guard. And we, me and Riker were at the Atlanta Hawks game yesterday, and he just put the clamps on on uh, Trey Young. He couldn't do anything when he was trying to get in the paint, trying to pick and roll, like shut down completely, not only by Rudy, but Hassan Whiteside too. And one of the things I've noticed this season more than most is, yes, like the defensive scheme is around Rudy typically staying in the paint most of the time, but I've noticed he's more willing to like go out into the little mid-range area a little bit more. Like he's covering more space, which is so hard to do. And also, I everyone talks about how great Bam is of a perimeter defender, and he is, but Rudy statistically is the best center at guarding the perimeter. And which is weird because he has this this reputation of being a bad perimeter defender, which he's not. It's just because he's tall. Yeah. But he is athletic and he's getting mm-hmm. faster every Absolutely. season. It's true. Um I don't I yeah. think the, the issue with Rudy is that he might not be coordinated, and that's where you're seeing it like not like Bam is way more efficient and talented offensively. I I think we can all say that, right? The the where Rudy really is he's really strong. Um, he's willing and he's fast. He's just yeah. not coordinated. So I, I think defensively, that's why he's such a star and shines so brightly defensively. But if like, imagine if Rudy Gobert was as coordinated as Bam or as Giannis. Like, it's funny because I think he often, like, I think he is coordinated on defense. Me too. On, he, on defense, he, yeah. Yeah, he's, there's some, like, David Locke will say how Rudy can do multiple actions, which like, not a lot of big guys can do, especially at his size and his length. And that's so impressive that he's able to like cover multiple things hit like his pick and roll defense or his like drop coverage or mid range or perimeter, like whatever he just, he can just do. He's just so, so good. So good. So two things I kind of want to touch on in a playoff series, a team will completely change their regular game plan in order to put themselves in the best position to win which is basically what happens when Utah faces any team in the playoffs is uh, they do fast switches. They get their guards to keep moving. They And that way they're just moving Gobert from player to player before he is literally having to run to get to his defensive assignment. Someone's open in the corner for a three or they can make a cut to the... So when you compare those types of switches, like that's his biggest weakness as far as defense goes. Everything else in a defensive scheme he can handle on his own. Even an ISO switch, like we were talking about with Trey Young. Trey Young tried taking it to the hoop, didn't happen. Tried back up, he'd take a step back. Sometimes they'd go in, sometimes they wouldn't, or he turned the ball over. So, and that's the same thing with every other guard I've seen in an ISO situation where they switch Gobert on. I remember beginning of the season when Harrison Barnes was a human torch. At the end of the game, they had an ISO switch on Harrison Barnes. Rudy locked him down. He couldn't do anything. So it's like you take away this one thing that's only going to happen in the playoffs. And as you know, defensive player of the year is not a playoff award. So <laughs> he's definitely still the best defensive player in, in, in the league. And um, you, you just take into account the only thing, and I agree with the coordination, but it's honestly, it's dribbling is the only thing he's not coordinated at. And it's going to be hard for anybody at his size, yeah. especially 
like he's a big dude and he's he's definitely put on weight but he's still like not the most like stock guy anybody trying to dribble like waist high which waist high is almost like five feet for him like it's easy <laughs> so it's like yeah. <laughs> everywhere else though like you're right david Locke nails it like the dude can be watching one guy at one time and another and if he makes the switch he has the timing available to get there and make yeah. the block i mm-hmm. remember like put it on highlight was the Mavericks game a couple of years ago where he had a game saving block and no one thought he was getting that block, but he did it. Dude, so. I was at that game. That was so hype. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. So yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Definitely. Um, yeah. Moving on to the next point. Cause we could talk about Rudy all day uh, as jazz fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, six man of the year. Um, so for this pick, uh, I personally had, and we'll, we'll just pretty much take, tick turns doing it but uh, i had tyler hero and the reason why i have tyler hero he he said something at the beginning of the season that i think everybody you know laughed at him for a (laughs) a good amount uh where he said that he believes he should be in the same conversation as luka Doncic, um and trey young and i was like keep keep dreaming buddy especially after like he didn't have a very like outstanding season last season um and i just wanted to talk about some of his efficiency because uh in this case and let me pull it up um tyler hero currently is averaging over 20 points a game uh coming off off the bench now obviously we know that ricky rubio is the bench the best bench player in, in the <laughs> league um with his 37 points on the new york knicks and you know i'll, I'll sing his praises all day long uh but you got to give you got to give tyler his flowers um so this is his stats right now 20.3 points off the bench totaling five rebounds and four assists on 45 percent from the field and this is the craziest part 40 percent from three he is averaging 40 percent wow. from three 84% from his free throws, an effective field goal range of, 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 of sorry, 50, sorry, effective field goal percentage of 54.2 on an 18.6 player efficiency. Wow. Nuts. I'll argue that. Nuts. Um, that is nuts. He, his, his ability to come off the bench and just destroy second units uh, is almost looking Jordan Clarkson-like from last season. And obviously, Jordan Clarkson has been struggling. Uh, he's been on a couple of uh, slumps. It could totally turn around this season, but so far, my pick is Tyler Hero. Yeah. My my number one pick was also Tyler Hero, but I, I did pick a, a second one just in case someone else did. Because I, <laughs> I think Tyler Hero is kind of the clear favorite right now. Yeah. But it's, it's weird putting this player in the sixth man of the year conversation. But honestly, I think Carmelo Anthony's got to be talked about. I know, I know, like, it's so weird because he's like one of the top, what, eight, seven <laughs> scorers of all time in the yeah. sixth man of the year. But he's like, coming off the bench, he's shooting 52% from three. 52! Are you kidding me? Like, I don't think that number will last. And sh- yeah. But so far in the first 10 or so games, are you kidding me? Yeah. And like, I, I'm pretty sure it's over sixty percent from three at, and while he's playing at home. That's so insane. That's insane. That's yeah. That's nasty. And yeah. I, I I get because like the warrior or the 
Thunder. Or, oh my gosh, the Lakers are kind of struggling, <laughs> but I, I think he'll probably regress to the mean a little bit. But man, you, you just you just got to give him props. That's that's crazy. Yeah, being yeah. that efficient, coming off the bench like he was a superstar, and he's really changed his game. Well, not changed his game, but like been able to make himself into a good role player. And I I think he's uh, also found more of like a better situation uh, than playing in Portland because Portland mm-hmm. has been struggling with what they've been struggling and he's, he's been giving him good minutes. You know what I mean? Like I think he's averaged around like 15 points a game for them um, coming over here. He's like nearly at the 20 points per game mark. Um, and his amount of threes is, is like Tyler hero as well. Like he's very efficient and for his age, um, you know, <laughs> with his body and he's yeah. like not super athletic for him to be doing that is really hype. Um, I think his his ability to score is more it's more the scoring ability that makes him like six man. Well, I feel like Tyler Hero can give you a little bit more of the full package plus like yeah more willing defense than than Bella would. But I I can totally mm-hmm. see that pick for sure. Yeah, like Tyler Hero would have been my pick had you not taken him, but <laughs> well you you, you can uh, pick. I'll, I'll go with Melo. Pick Tyler. No, that's all right. I'll I'll rock I'll rock with Melo. That's fine. <laughs> what about you, Rick? Yeah, I don't think there's much to add to the conversation. I think most of what needs to be said needs to be said. My pick is Tyler Hero. So, <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't. And nobody at this point has really, you know, brought attention to my eyes. And that was what that was the one thing I was talking about. It was kind of surprising. It's it's just like a kind of a no narrative driven. But the Vegas odds right now, like Tyler Hero is the clear favorite. It's not really close. But second yeah. is still Jordan Clarkson. So yeah, like, I don't. That's I, love, I love Jordan. I love right him with the heart, but me too. He's Jordan, the here's the thing: right Jordan can turn it on, and when he when it's yeah. on, it does it's, not stop. Oh yeah, it's it's you know the dials nice. turned all the way. If I want to talk about Jordan Clarkson, the nice thing this season so far about, and I think is a positive, is he's had his one game where he couldn't miss, and he's had his game where he's literally missed everything, and then last night he had a game right in the middle. And that's kind of what you need to see when you're going through a shooting slump. Is like, okay, that was a decent game. It wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like my best, but I wasn't shit. So, <laughs> like, I think I think it's a good sign. We we'll see how the season goes. It's ten games in. He could turn it around tomorrow and be on yeah. for the rest of the season. But, yeah, I've I've noticed uh, as well that if he sees that it's not falling like he'll try to go finish at the rim a lot more and he'll get like a bunch of highlight plays and that can usually pump him up pretty good to go. Um, so I, I think he's taken a lot less unnecessary shots. Like to any fan who doesn't watch the jazz, it's going to look like a million unnecessary shots, but oh yeah, he is taking a lot less than he would last season <laughs> if he wasn't making them. Yeah. I think there was one yeah. time where he like tried to shoot like 15 threes one game uh, and didn't <laughs> yes. literally, literally scored like none of them. So um, yeah, so I, I think those three are solid choices. So let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next uh, segment, which is the most improved player. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off with you, Reich. You know, I we kind of talked about last night. I think had he not been injured, he wouldn't be up for this, but I, <laughs> I'm going to go Spencer Dinwiddie. Because just like his time away from the game, and now he's back, and he's just started right where he left off. 
and is helping the Warriors be a very solid Eastern Conference team. Wizards. So I yeah, what Wizards? Sorry, <laughs> I think uh, I think he's gonna be a stud. So nice. that's my pick, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. What about you, Carson? All right. Once again, making an appearance on the noted podcast is Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> he needs, might need to be on Mark. Can't stay or, on. Or, or, uh, or, he'll, uh, he'll be the cover of our, of our podcast. By now. Yeah. <laughs> he you know, can't I, stop. There's not much to say that hasn't already been said in past episodes about him. He's just really stepped up, been that guy for for Sacramento, and they're looking to be to at least be a decent team and much better than they were in previous seasons. For sure. Um, my pick. Well, I I struggle picking him for this because I also think he can be going to an MVP conversation, honestly. And that's John Morant. Um, like, he's unreal right now. Statistically, he is around the same uh, with his like rebounds and all that stuff. Field goal percentage, though, uh, I think I remember seeing a statistic that he's within the top five of like, you know, restricted area or like finishing at the rim field goal percentage, mm-hmm. which usually that is a statistic dominated by centers because uh, they don't shoot. <laughs> uh, John Morant is in that conversation. Um, and just to see where he was already like a really good player to now, like, I think we can even talk about him being top 10 player in the league right now, which is, like, I don't know that far, but that's, that's a hard line to break into, but how can, how can I not give him his flowers? He's averaging almost 27 points per game. He's like one of the top uh, points leaders in the NBA right now. And not only that, but he's leading his team to an incredible record where like people would not think that Memphis would have had this record, especially with one of their best players not playing and losing Valanciunas, and they're still relevant. The only team to beat Golden State so far, too. Yep, exactly. So I think, you know, in that realm of conversation, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie makes a lot of sense because, you know, obviously he was injured last season. He was only averaging like six points, and now... He's going to probably lead the Wizards to a really successful season. I could say a similar thing about John Morant to be able to lead his team. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on whether he leads his team to a lot of like a lot of success and gets them like maybe a top four seed. Um, yeah. That's where he could be in that conversation. Um, but yeah, I, my, I could easily my... see him like averaging 30, over 30 points a game this season. For sure. And I think like the biggest thing with him is he's he's – become he's taking much more efficient shots like like you said in in the restricted area and i think he's made that jump from like fringe all-star kind of like could could not until like bona fide like he is that guy all-star put it on the books he's top 15 in points per game and assists per game so that's solid that's crazy and then he's top he's top 20 in player efficiency so he he makes his team so good so good yep. to a player that like he was incredible in the playoffs against the jazz, but there was like the blatant problem and issue that he just couldn't shoot. He, he wouldn't want to shoot the yep. three. He wouldn't want to shoot like far mid range shots. He would keep it pretty close. And so go under the screen him, every time. 
Yeah, and even Rudy Gobert, like, he was able to, like, score on him. He had the poster on him, too. Like, it was amazing. Like, he finds a way, and now he's continuing to find even more ways to score. I'm really excited to see what he's got. So my pick's John Morant. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so next pick. Um, this is one of the harder ones to give because, uh, you know, a lot of this depends on your, how your season goes. Uh, but coach of the year. So let's start it off with you, Carson. Okay. The, the way I decided to do this is the the coach, I would give it to it now instead of who I think will get it. Okay. Because I think that's a, I think that's a different question. Because like you said, it's different depending on how the season goes. But 10 games in, my coach of the year is uh, Wes Unseld Jr. I'm just, uh, we've talked about the Wizards a few times. I'm just so impressed. So impressed. I think they're third or second or third in the East right now on on November 10th. And I, none of us, when we talked about our, our <laughs> rankings before the season, I don't think any of us had them in the top 10 in the East. Yeah, They were just kind of like, oh, they had that trade package for, for Westbrook. Yeah. We'll see I mean, what they do. They're third right now in the East, but they're tied with the Bulls in the, in the Heat, just by the way. And the, that's crazy because the, the Bulls in... He have been really good, really good. Yes. And the Wizards are right up there. That's that's wild. So yeah, I think while they like the players have been performing, I think it's really impressive that Unsell Jr. has been able to make a scheme so quickly that so many that those players have been able to buy into and perform. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot. Absolutely, Riker. I'm going to go with uh, the serial killer, Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I think I think there's there's been some narratives, man. Like he's he should have had it one of the years, like in the last four years, in my opinion. And I think his best shot at it was last year. And I get it. Tom Thibodeau took a bottom tier Knicks team and got him into the playoffs. And that's impressive. But Quinn Snyder led the Jazz, the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference, to a league-high regular season record, which no one predicted at the beginning of the year. So I feel like this year so far, the team has played really great. And at the beginning, you know, we've had a pretty strenuous 10 games. The Jazz are right now, what is it, 8 eight and 3? 8 and 3. So 11 games. Um, and that is a schedule that there has been a couple home games, but one of those home games was like right in the middle of a road trip. And those games are not even like home games because it's basically if you'd be on the road. So the fact that they've done that well, they haven't had like the toughest schedule, but with the tough games they've played, they've won except for the Bulls, which was Mike Conley-less. And the Heat, which they were almost down 20 and made it a two-point game. So I am just hoping, this is more of a hope than an actual choice, that Quinn Snyder is the coach of the year by the end of the season. I, th- I think we all would love that. He, he deserves it. Um, he's an he incredible does. coach. Incredible. Um, I, I'm going to go with my pick. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna say this mostly because out of all the coaches that have been stated, both of those coaches were uh, well. 
Wes uh, obviously is a brand new coach with the Wizards, but the Wizards did technically make the uh, playoffs last year. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Billy Donovan. And I think it's uh, the difference that the Bulls are going to be making this season. The jump going from not playoff team to a contender uh, in the Eastern Conference, uh, I think is a big deal. Especially, I can see a lot of like long-term success in the regular season. And I've seen them win games that they should have lost. Uh, which is like a classic Bulls thing to do, where you lose games that you should have won. So, already a big difference. And it's not just like, you know, one of the differences between the Bulls and the Warriors... Uh, the Bulls have actually gone against a lot of really difficult teams. And there have it's not just difficult teams, but back-to-back, uh, like playing the same team within uh, the same amount of time. And I think it was like one of the, the, the 76ers and the Wizards who were actually kind of hurting them a little bit. But Billy Donovan, I think, is going to be able to do great things. He's a good coach. Uh, and with this new roster, I think he could really make the Bulls a contender for sure. Yeah, I like that pick. It's a great pick. Um, next up, uh, rookie of the year. So, I'm I'm pretty sure this is another unanimous one, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, I think out of anything, and I, I it's even a, the biggest surprise too. Is Scotty Barnes? Um, yeah, is incredible. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it there. You know, you've heard me talk about Scotty Barnes before, uh, but he is leading his his team in rebounds and points. And he's been injured for a couple of games. <laughs> you know, my my brain, my brain says Scotty Barnes. And if I had to put money on it, I'd probably put Scotty Barnes. But my heart says Evan Mobley, man. That guy has just been incredible. I just I'm I don't think he'll win it, but I think he has like the highest upside of n- nearly anyone in this draft. He it just could be a generational talent. Like there's glimmers there. Yeah. Like how good he is defensively already as a rookie, it blows my mind. And I'm that I'm kind of a big believer of that core of Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. Like that could that could yeah. really be something. And Larry Marketing. <laughs> all right larry um well, how are you saying yeah super good pick i love him he's on my fantasy team sir what about you so Rick? funny enough i actually went from evan mobley as well um, Yeah. i th- i think he's the type of player where you're gonna get solid effort out of night in night out um the consistency is definitely to be worked on especially on the offensive side. Um, it's very cool to see what um, the Cavaliers have done so far this season. Still very early, as we've stated before. But they've got they've pulled out some quality wins, um, and I think Evan Mobley is one of the key pieces to that success. Um, but to be fair, we finally got our first taste of Cade Cunningham. That looks good. So yeah. this could change over time. It looks really good with Cade Cunningham, but my pick today is Evan Mobley as well. Also, I feel like we can't go on without at least mentioning Chris Duarte. Oh, so of course. Yeah, he's I just, just at least just wanted to mention him. One of the only like, like bright sides good. of the Pacers right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So true. Yeah, he's a stud. 
yeah, Chris Duarte or Duarte is nice. Um, a little like sleeper pick uh, that I kind of wanted to mention as well uh, was Franz Wagner uh, in Orlando. He's actually like Loki having a really good season for his first season in the NBA. Um, very confident. Yeah. Yep. Very confident, nice very efficient. And he's playing like pretty decent defense as well. Um, yep. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. That that young core over in Orlando, I think has some nice, uh, yep. really nice upside. And I think that's one of the Agreed. things that you were talking about with upside. I see the same thing in Franz Wagner. Um, I yep. just hope, I wish I would see that in Jalen Sucks as well. Um, yeah. But I think even without him, like Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba, and yeah, like Wagner, I think I think I, there's there's potential. I also want to I want to mention the improvement of the Magic. Uh, like Cole Anthony, what he's become this season, Mo Bamba, what he's become this season. It seems like every player that has played on that team is now better by a lot uh, than they were mm-hmm. in the last season. So. If there was like a most improved team that we're gonna we're gonna be seeing pretty soon, like I could see Orlando being in that combo. Um, so really bright rebuild for them. Uh, literally getting rid of everything they had. Um, it's yeah. looking pretty bright mm-hmm. for them. But for anyway, sure. we're talking about uh, rookie of the year. So I think all solid picks. Um, I think it's literally gonna be a race between Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Chris Duarte. Honestly. Um, but I, th- I think Scotty Barnes is going to take it just because in the past we've seen whoever scores or whoever has the highest, like in two categories usually gets it, which yeah. right now that's right now it's Scotty, but I can definitely see Evan being in that conversation. Um, MVP. Here we go. Here we go. Give it to me, Brian. Give it to us. Tell us. Chef Curry. Really? Okay. I could see Stephen, that. Stephen Curry is bringing a team that nobody expected to be in this situation, especially with uh, without James Wiseman and Clay Thompson. And yes, or not yesterday. Last season, Stephen Curry was in the MVP conversation, right? But it was purely because of record that he did not get the... Uh, the award right because obviously he literally carried his team almost to make it to uh the nba fine or the playoffs sorry yeah. um so i think that's a big deal to talk about but i think stephen curry is just having an unreal season and it just i don't know how he continues to get better because he was yeah. he's already unreal so good how does he get better nuts hard, hard time disagreeing with you there good point <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess I'll go Mind next. Me. Go ahead. Yes, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, my, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo winning his third MVP this season. Ooh. And par- partly because I the MVP is probably the most narrative-driven award. Oh, maybe not the most, but it's up there, right? And I think, like, before... Like, he had a case last year, but he wasn't in the conversation because of the the playoff woes, like... And now, like, that isn't a thing, because he was the best player in the world during that playoffs, right? And I think that helps his case. Plus, like, he's Giannis. He's going to do his thing. He's going to average close to 30 points, 10 rebounds, probably, like, four to six assists. He's going to do his thing. He's going to have the narrative. He's Giannis. 
I don't know what else to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Solid. Love Giannis. I don't have much to say about mine either, except that he's back. Kevin Durant. He's okay. playing just about his best basketball as he ever has, and he's won it before. So I would not be surprised at the end of the season. <laughs> what his stat line is holding up right now, efficiency is off the charts, too. He's the fourth most efficient player in the league right now, and he's the top scorer at 29.5 points per game. Nuts. And he's throwing in eight, eight, almost nine rebounds a game and five assists. So... I think Curry probably takes it if they continue on the path they're on. But if not, I got to go with Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I, I think as we saw it last season, like uh, your, your MVP award can help a lot when your team is really good too. Um, mm. And yeah, I think there's thing. so much negative like connotations to the, to the nets right now, just because of the whole like Kyrie situation, James Harden situation with like the new rules while like on the Golden State Warriors, I think you can even see like that team to have a better record and to have the best player like literally carry that team, and for that team to be as young as they are and unexperienced. While like on the Nets, you have a ton of like veterans. Like, sure, you can like wage what the skill gap is going to be, um, but I think all in all, like Stephen Curry is a more likable person than Kevin Durant, which could help in the voting. Yeah. Um, but I think it's impossible to say that talent base that Kevin Durant couldn't receive that reward because he's incredible. Yeah, for sure. And if he stays healthy the whole season, who says he will? Yeah. Be? You know, I yeah. think that's a big let me, thing. Let me add in that he's 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 like volume scoring on fifty six percent shooting. <laughs> <laughs> that blows my mind. That's, that's so hard to do. Real. Like, that is so hard. Yeah, it's not easy, and he shoots with ease. Like, we've seen it his whole career, and, like, his worst shooting night, he averaged 44% on 12 of 27 shooting, so... That's crazy. And they won the game, but, yeah. So, it's kind of hard to dispute what he can do on the basketball court. Yep. I think he's the most automatic player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, if he shoots the ball, like, I, I don't... I feel like I would count that that ball is going to go in the most if it was kevin shooting it it's him and Steph. yeah 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 for sure we're just like yeah that's in oh yep yep that was yeah, right it's gonna go in. <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure cool well these are these are a lot of really good picks man i'm i'm really i'm really interested to see your your sides and your perspectives and things and i think it's going to be a super interesting awards uh season that we're going to have because uh, i think there's going to be a lot of changes and obviously, you know, Rudy Gobert always gets better. So it doesn't matter. He wins. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, everybody, for, for watching us, uh, for listening to us. Um, and we, we want to say together, you know, thank you. We've been doing this for just a little over a month. And um, people are, are listening to it. And we're so grateful for you guys listening. Uh, over in Europe as well. Hello uh, from Belgium, Germany, uh, UK, Ireland. Uh, we see that you guys are listening and we appreciate it uh, as well. But um, yeah, we, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Follow us on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We have the link tree. Um, 
and uh, I'm sure we'll have something. Oh, there's the screen right there uh, that is showing all of the links. Huh. You can go there um, and follow us on Twitter, like I said. Uh, and we'd be super happy to hear your takes on who you think could be MVP so far in the season or just your early awards. But uh, thanks, guys, for, for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week.